0: Well Mallory Park in Leicestershire was the venue for the opening season uh, racing for the MG Owners Club Championship. I'm delighted that joining me on the line is Championship Coordinator Jim Bainham. Jim, um, it sounds like you had a really exciting weekend at Mallory and good to go racing again. Well yeah, of course it's great for
1: everyone to get back on track and there's um, been a long time and the... um, It was good to get out, and whilst we were due originally to start the season at Brands Hatch, that didn't work out. um, So Mallory was our first meeting, which perhaps doesn't have quite the sort of buzz about as as Brands Hatch might, but it's still a cracking little circuit and a much underestimated circuit. And uh, our guys go well there. They enjoy it. So, yeah, all in all, it was a
0: good, steady start to the season. went well. (laughs) We'll, we'll talk about some of the racing in a second but um, Mallory is a circuit which divides drivers' opinions sometimes, doesn't it? It certainly does. Um, I think it's unfairly
1: um, maligned by some people. It's very fast. Okay, it's only got three corners in, in to our cars anyway, four to some cars, but basically to us it's a three-corner circuit but there's a bit of everything there and to be To get a really full-on lap time round Mallory, you've got to be quick, you've got to be brave, you've got to be committed, and you've got to have a decent car. So there's a bit more to Mallory than people think, and um, it's a cracking little circuit, much maligned in some areas, and I really don't understand why.
0: (laughs) We'll talk about some of the drivers and some of the exciting racing that you had over the weekend in a second, Jim. But um, for people who don't know, just give me a a little sense of the history of the uh, MG uh, Owners Club.
1: Well, I go, I certainly can, because I go right back to the very, very start of it before it was um, even set up as a championship. I'd always been involved and interested in racing, and in 1980, I decided to get off my backside and have a go. Um, At that time, the Owners Club Championship didn't exist, um, but a few people not led by me, I might add, at that stage. I was still very new to it all. Decided in the early part of 1981 that there was a good opportunity for MG Owners Club to set up their own championship. There were other championships for MG's, of course, and I raced in them. I respect them very much. But we felt that there was an opportunity. The MG Owners Club probably ought to have their own race championship, so we approached BARC, and they agreed to set it up with us and the first race was at brands hatch on the 7th of june 1981.
0: <laughs> a date imprinted on your memory obviously well it is
1: because i was in it <laughs> <laughs> i made the grid in that first it was my first in fact i think it was my third race third ever race the first ever m jones club race at brands we had seven cars on the grid it was one by Dr. Spike Milligan, who's gone on to much greater historic things um, in his MGA. Um, And it was the start of a a whole new thing. Um, And here we are, all those years later, we're still going. 42 years later, we're still there.
0: What is it about the MG mark that, that attracts you and so many drivers? I mean, I had an MGB GT years ago and loved it. And if you say MG to many people... They think just of things like the MGB and the Midget, don't they? But there are other models within the range which you race. Well, very much so.
1: Um I think you kind of summed it up in a way, what you said, in that like a lot of classic-type cars, um, people look at them and say, oh, I used to have one of those, um, or my dad used to have one, or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of guys have had you know, a sports car in their young days, and they always look fondly at the MGs. And, of course, they've got a tremendous history in motorsport going back many many years when the MGBs raced at Le Mans and I think it was 1964 someone will correct me there um, great MG pedi- racing pedigree there's many many championships for MGs they've all been successful and most of them continue to be successful so yeah and it and of course it moved on because in 19 whatever it was um, 90 or thereabouts the mgf came along and within a couple of years those cars became affordable and they started we started racing those short while after that the MG ZR hatchback came on the market and again a couple of years later they became affordable so they were on our grid in between of course we have the much loved mg maestro which was um, again a much underrated car actually mm. um you know, rival Volkswagen Golf and everything bar credibility. Um, And they were huge for us, you know, in in the late 80s. We had 30 of them on a grid at one particular meeting. So we've had a cross-section of all the MGs from MG Midgets, MGB, up to the more modern hatchbacks and saloon cars. So, no, they're, they're affordable. We, we've always kept our championship as fairly standard production class, with very, very limited very modifications. In a day when you can go out and spend a lot of money and many, many, many thousands of pounds on historic MGBs, you know, our cars are still in, pitched in there at five, six, seven thousand 7,000 pounds, which, you know, there's a market for it.
0: And of course, the the, the, uh, the sort of grassroots, if I can call it that, racing that the MG Owners Club is uh, associated with it through the uh, under the Bark umbrella makes it affordable racing uh, once you've got your car as well, uh, Jim, doesn't it?
1: Very much, yeah. I mean, we've taken as an example our ZR's and our MGS. They both run the same engines. They're 170 horsepower, modern-ish cars, and you can buy a front row of the grid car we're ready to go for £6,000. Mm. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's good money. That's good racing. That's sens- very sensible money.
0: It is. All you need then is the talent to pilot it quickly enough. <laughs> well, you know, the cars are, you know,
1: effectively all the same power. We've run very close regulations. Um, it almost self-governs itself on eligibility. We don't have any questions about eligibility or very few anyway mm. and they you know they're very popular you know there's a different range of, like any championship there's a, there's ranges of ability there's ranges of budget but you know you know that within reasonable grounds you can go out there with the same equipment and the same power as as the car and pole position and um, where you go from there is
0: up to you, basically. <laughs> now, you run four classes in the Championship uh, gym, including Classic Cars and then Classes B, F and uh, yeah. Class Z. Um, a good weekend's uh, racing and leading Class Z at the moment, Steve McDermott, topping the table also for the Championship with 39 points. He had a good weekend, didn't he? Well, Steve,
1: Steve won the Championship last year. Um, hasn't been racing for that long. Um, he came into it was a quick right from the start. Um, and he won the championship last year. He was at Mallory, of course, defending his title. His primary contender at Mallory. There were more, there were others, but his main contender was Dave Mello, who put it on pole. Very, very experienced driver, been with us for 25 years. Dave put his car on pole, and it was going to be a mighty battle. But unfortunately, Dave broke a crank um, in qualifying, so that was the end of that. Um, Steve had a relatively untroubled day, really, and got three wins. So it wouldn't have been quite the same if poor old Dave had been out, but... <laughs> that's
0: motor racing as we say but i mean the consolation for uh for dave meller is he picked up a point for uh putting it on pole of course which is uh part of uh, the way the championship runs um in the classic class dave amflet also had a good weekend he's uh in uh, in the cha- in the chase at the moment on uh, on 33 points so uh, a good weekend for him
1: indeed well they're all mixed up in um, the so-called classic class you know first of all um I wasn't there. I decided to sit that, that meeting out. Um am doing a little bit less racing these days, but um, still very much... Well, certainly not hanging up my helmet, that's for sure. Mm. Um, Will Sharp, his midget's been totally rebuilt over the winter with a very strong engine. Um, was looking really strong, but um, he had nothing but problems all weekend. Um, Dave had some tremendous battles with... Malcolm Hill and, and, and Chris Millard. Goodness me, it was very close fall. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but no, Dave had a good weekend, yeah close fort you make a good um a good mention there jim because so much of very high-end motor racing nowadays tends to get a little bit processional but at this grassroots level with these um cars as you say being so closely matched in uh, in many ways it provides great spectacular racing for not just the drivers but the spectators as well when you when we can have them back well indeed yeah
1: you know the wood cars of equal performance and that genuinely is in each class you know the cars in each class really are within two or three horsepower of each other that's a fact um the best prepared ones are um and really with good drivers all on the same control tires and the same power then it's really going to be close and my goodness it it, you know if, if we didn't have a couple of the leading guys in Class said,
0: and classic class didn't have full problems. It could have been mm. mighty close. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Mallory was the kick off for the season. Uh, at the end of the month, you head to the beautiful Castle Coombe, uh, which is a delightful club circuit, isn't it? And again, uh, anticipating some very close racing. Well,
1: indeed. Yeah, Castle Coombe. Obviously, not a not a Bark meeting, but we've got a lot of guys live down the M4 corridor, and Castle Coombe is a lovely place to go. Um, once again, it's got its lovers and its haters in terms of a track, um, but it's just a lovely place to go racing And there's such lovely people down there and it's a very welcoming place. Mm. Um, where else do you get chocolate bars when you sign on? Come on. Um, <laughs> what an
0: incentive that is. How marvellous. Oh, How lovely that's is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're lovely
1: people down there. They run very, very good meetings. Always... Always well attended when they can be, of course. You know when spectators are allowed in. Castle Coon is a popular circuit to, to spectate from. Always good crowds. Gathered at Quarry, I can't imagine why. that's where the action is anyway. <laughs> you also so visit no, it's a popular meeting for us,
0: yeah. Yeah, you also visit Brands Hatch, Thruxton, Silverstone, uh, Snetterton, uh, and of course Pembrey. Uh, so a good opportunity, a good spread of locations for uh, for drivers to get involved, but also importantly when they can join us again for fans to uh, to come and watch the racing, Jim.
1: Indeed, yeah. I mean, we always. Um, well, we know which are our, the circuits that, that give us the best grids. And, you know, we're having to pay for our track time now. That's the way Bark run it, which I totally support, by the way. Um, you know, we, we, have to, we have to go to tracks where people actually want to race. Um, you know, for some bizarre reason, a lot of our drivers are middle or south, live south of Silverstone, I always say. It's bizarre. And, of course, going to Anglesey and Croft, much as they're wonderful circuits, we get smaller grids. Mm. Um, So we have to try and give... As every time it does, you have to try and give your drivers what you want. You know, if they don't like it, they won't go. Mm. So trying to get good circuits, we have pay a little bit more to go to these premier circuits and that's totally understandable
0: mm. now but jim all work for us. yeah no absolutely uh, jim you're no slouch behind the wheel uh, either are you because um i know you still hold some uh, lap uh, records around some of the circuits
1: yeah i still um, have my day as they say <laughs> you know um yes i've had the same mgb since i first started racing in may 1981 raced the same car ever since pretty much a few other things along the way but i've primarily had the mgb all those years um and you know i've done well over 450 races in the same car so i'm kind of getting the hang of it now
0: (laughs) which is your favorite circuit then jim i mean i I, i've got a list in front of me of where you hold the lap records but that doesn't necessarily mean they're your your favorite circuits what's your favorite Uh, i
1: People talk about favorite circuits, but really, I I don't quite... It's difficult to quantify which is a favorite circuit because, as I say to people, funny, I've talked about Mallory the other week. You know, people say, oh, I don't like Mallory. You know, when the lights go out, it doesn't matter whether you're (laughs) Mallory or Spa. It's just another piece of tarmac. Um, You know, going to... Probably, if I could only put it another way, if I could only race on one circuit, it would be a toss-up between Flaxton and Alton Park. Mm.
0: I yeah, no, I, I would agree with you on that one. Uh, just finally, Jim, um, are there any places left uh, on the grid? If anybody's listening and is interested in joining the Championship, uh, can they? And uh, how do they get in touch? Well,
1: like most cha- not all, but like mm. most Championships, we've always got room on the grid. You know, there's, uh, Our average grid numbers are pretty good. Um, averaging about 25 cars, give or take, um, a few less, at, a few, a few, few under that at Mallory, but you know for various reasons. So we've always always got room on the grid. Cars, any MG is welcome to come and join us. They, if they, cars don't, for whatever reason, comply with our regulations, they can run in the invitation class. We're very happy to that to do that subject to understanding exactly what the car, their racing, is all about. So there's loads of MGs out there. Um, not everyone runs the same regulations, and that's understandable. But cars that don't comply are extremely welcome to come and join us. Just give us a call, get in touch, and uh, we'll see what it's all about and make it happen, if it's all possible. And I... It's all about... Any championship is all about putting cars on the grid these days. Of course it is. Can't be too fussy, just (laughs) get the cars on the grid.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm assuming that there's uh, contact information on the website, uh, Jim, isn't there, which is mgocchampionship.co.uk, and anybody wanting more information, uh, that's their first port of call, I suspect. It certainly is, and
1: and if anyone just... For whatever reason, if they happen to just choose, you know contact the MG Owners Club direct by email or phone call, mm. then I can assure you that the first person they will the guys the and girls at the club will do the first person to, they will put forward is me, and they will pass any inquiry on to me because that's where it goes. Excellent. <laughs> um, so yeah, whether it's by contact through the through the website or by direct contact to the Owners Club it will come to me and my details are there. So, you know, by all means, anybody who's interested, wants to come along, just give us
0: call and we'll try and sort something out. Excellent. Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, catch up with you and uh, to hear about the owners' club, the MG owners' club, and, of course, your opening session at uh, Mallory. Uh, Enjoy your trip to Castle Coombe and particularly enjoy your chocolate bar and have a great rest (laughs) of the season. Yes, it's
1: looking good, so thanks for your time.